In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <coughs> Our sermon text today is from the Gospel according to St. Luke, the seventh chapter. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Why is John the baptizer suddenly questioning whether Jesus is the Messiah or not? To some extent, if you look at his situation and preaching from last week's readings, you will understand why either he or his disciples or both are bringing this question before Jesus. John proclaimed the Messiah as one who would bring fire and judgment upon the world. He would set things right and get rid of the evil and unclean. So it is as if some kids were left alone and one kept warning that dad might be there soon and that the rest should behave. They should straighten up. But they did not. The other kids did whatever they wanted. Then suddenly, Dad shows up. Some of the kids begin confessing their wrongs. Others pretend he isn't there and go about their business. And Dad forgives those who did wrong, and he sets a few things right, but does not bring any punishment down on the kids who misbehaved. In fact, a few of the kids even pin and trap another kid against his will while dad seemingly does nothing. John the baptizer has warned people of God's wrath. He warned that the axe was ready to come down and chop down those trees who were not producing the fruit of repentance. He warned that judgment day, the final harvest, was coming. And his reward for this message and warning has been imprisonment by Herod, who did not like his sin being called sin. John is being mistreated for calling Herod out. He's become a prisoner and captive who is depending on the Messiah to come and set him free. But Jesus, whom John proclaimed as the Messiah, has not yet rescued him. He has heard reports of the dead being raised and many others being healed and set free from their ailments and troubles. But John, his faithful messenger, remained locked up in prison. And not only that, where was the wrath and fire of God? Where was the judgment that John had warned everyone about? Why was Jesus not enacting punishments or sifting through the wheat with his widowing fork? Why were evil men continuing to get away with doing evil? Why was Jesus only handing out forgiveness and mercy and not vengeance? Where was the judgment of God's law? Now, certainly this would be all the more distressing because John is suffering and languishing in prison. 
So the question is certainly relevant. Are you the one or should we expect another? Have we misidentified you as the Messiah? Jesus does not directly answer the question, but rather points to what is going on in his ministry. What he points out, like the blind seeing and deaf hearing and so forth, these things have been prophesied in Scripture about the Messiah. These are the very things God foretold about Jesus' ministry in Isaiah. We also see that Zephaniah, our reading from the Old Testament for today, speaks of God saving the lame and restoring the fortunes of his people. <coughs> in other words, Jesus fits the description of the Messiah. And as Jesus makes clear, John is the greatest only human prophet. He is the messenger sent immediately ahead of the Messiah. He is the one who has prepared the way. What is wrong with us that we need such a fiery preacher to come before the Lord and get us ready? Do we not take the Lord seriously when he warns us that the path that mankind has chosen is one of eternal destruction? How come are we not ready on our own? How come you and I cannot seem to make ourselves ready? We have a defect such that we often close our ears to hearing God, a defect that causes us to look inward, to rely on our own abilities, or to prioritize our own desires. We define what is right or wrong based on how it hurts us or how it helps us get what we want. If it makes us feel good, it must be good. If it makes us feel bad, it must be bad. Yet some of the worst things for you, things that kill you, like certain kinds of drugs, feel good in the moment. They may even be exciting or fun and, and things which are there for your benefit. Surgery or a correction that saves you from huge mistakes. Do not feel good when they happen. Rather, they hurt or they are hard. They are far more valuable. We need that fiery preacher, John. Otherwise, we do not see or understand our need for Jesus, how our hearts are actually evil and corrupt. If there was nothing wrong with us, or if the problem was a minor one that we could fix, then Christmas would be meaningless sentiment. I mean, it would still be valuable that God drew near to us in our flesh, but it would not be as important or essential to our well-being and eternal existence. I mean, rather, Christmas, Emmanuel, God in the flesh, would just be a nice gesture. But as it is, we need Christ. We need Jesus. The 
blind need sight, the lame need restoration, lepers need cleansing, the deaf need hearing, the dead need life, the possessed need freedom, and the poor need good news. The world needs God. Without God, it falls apart. It implodes. Sin is the attempt to live without or apart from God, and it doesn't work. That's why mankind is dying, fighting, and destroying whatever we do build. We're consumed by our desires. Repentance means that we turn back to God. It is a call for us to turn away from ourselves, our desires, and our solutions to God's one solution, His Son, Jesus. John points us to Jesus. Even in this moment where questions are being asked, John still points to Jesus. He asks the most pertinent question to which Jesus' answer is clear. Jesus is the one for whom John prepared the way. He is the fulfillment of all the promises of God. He's the long-awaited answer to our problem. Jesus is the answer to our plea for help, our need for mercy, and our prayers for deliverance. He is the answer to our separation from the source of life. This is what John came to preach and warn us about. We have walked away from the one and only source of life to go our own way. There's only one source of life. Jesus, come, God coming in the flesh to die and reconnect us with himself is the answer before we even knew to ask. So run to him and rejoice that he has come. Look at how he changes the situation of mankind. See how God breaks in into our world and gives you mercy and forgives you for seeking life elsewhere. See how God cleanses your heart of trying to live off your own strength? Jesus comes to heal and deliver. Yes, he will judge evil and bring this world to a fiery end. He will get justice. There will be judgment day. But before that, he has enacted justice on the cross. He has set the world right and brought us healing and new life through his death on the cross for you and me so that each of us might escape the fiery judgment. Take heart, for Jesus comes to save first. He comes to rescue out of evil and sin. He comes to deliver you, and he has. In the waters of baptism, he has made you well. He has washed the evil out of your heart. He has cleansed you of the filth of closing your ears to his word. You are pure and holy in Christ Jesus now. You're made new by the Son of God who has come in the flesh for you. Be encouraged. For this one, who gave all to rescue you, who sacrificed himself on the cross for you, this one 
is coming back. He was the coming one and still is the coming one. He still comes to you today in his word, in baptism, and in the sacrament of the altar. He comes to give you strength. He will come again as he promised, and he will heal all that is broken in this world, and the chaff and evil he will burn away forever. You and I will be set free from our sinful flesh and desires. We will be holy, clean, and pure. In this world, we will face trials of various kinds. We will face sufferings of various kinds. We face such with hope because we see in Jesus the Messiah, our deliverer, our rescuer. And though we see evil in ourselves and how corrupt our hearts are because of sin, we are filled with hope because Jesus has taken care of this evil. He came for this very reason and he has healed this evil for us on the cross. You are cleansed and forgiven. And everything that remains, the corruption that sin has brought into our world and life, all this will also be overturned. For Jesus will bring to completion the work he began. This is good news. Our Lord's healing that began at the cross will spread throughout time and bring us into an eternity of life restored. Thanks be to God. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.